Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. And we give God a shout of praise in this place. Clap your hands, lift your voices. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. I believe God has something for us today in this place. I hope you came expecting more than to just be entertained. Because I believe God wants your heart. In a culture of entertainment, God wants our heart. And so today, may we open our hearts up to what it is that God wants to speak, to change, to move within us. So Lord, we're expecting from you in this place. We're expecting We know your word says that you came to seek and to save all those who are lost. And so we're asking, God, that you would find us. You would meet us right where we are in our weakness, our brokenness. If we're on a mountaintop or we're in a valley right now, God, we want to meet you. So meet us in this place. Your presence is all we need. It's more than enough. So, God, we love you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God one more shout of praise in this place. As you're seated this morning, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, man, I am so glad you came to church today. Tell him, I am so glad you came to church today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, Project Church. Welcome to Christmas at Project, man. We are so excited to have you. If you are new here, welcome. My name is Caleb, and uh, just excited to be sharing from God's Word with you today. If you weren't here last week, I just want to invite you to be a part of something that we do every year. We call it the Miracle Offering. And uh, as of this morning, we have already had over $42,000 come in in the Miracle Offering. And uh, yeah, come on, give God some praise. With the goal being 52000 so I know we're going to get there by the end of the year. But we ask you to partner with us in what God is calling us to do. And so if you'd like to give, uh, you can give online through projectchurch.com forward slash give. You can text to give or you can give. We have a receptacle on the wall in the back. We don't pass buckets anymore around here. Uh, but if you'd like to give, you can do it in person in the back or online. So thank you guys for your generosity. Thank you for being such a giving church. Uh, We are able to do more and reach more and bless more because of your generosity. And so I want to thank you in advance and thank those of you that have already given through and to the miracle offering. So I want to share today this title of a message that we've been working with this entire morning. You saw it in the opening video. And it's a question that I want you to be asking yourself throughout this morning which is, who is he? Who is he? I want to ask you that question, who is Jesus to you? Who do you think he is? You know, this past week, I actually shaved my beard. I don't know if you noticed, but I came in a little clean shaven. Uh, Every November, I grow my beard for my wife because her birthday is the middle of December, and she loves the beard. 
I hate the beard, but she loves it. And so every year I say, all right, November 1st hits and I start growing my beard. Uh, but this year my beard came in grayer than ever. And I was looking like Santa. They were trying to get me to be Santa in the lobby. And I said, no, I got to preach, okay? And uh, man, I, I was shocked at how gray it was this year. And so my wife had her 40th birthday this week on Wednesday. Chrissy is now 40. She has joined me. And so that night before I went to bed, it was her birthday. The birthday was over. I immediately went to the sink and shaved this baby off. And so the next morning I wake up and my daughter hadn't seen me. And and she's six. Her name is Charlie. And she comes out and she gasps. She says, Daddy, what did you do? I said, I cut my beard. And she said, Daddy, you look so young. She goes, I don't want a young daddy. I want an old daddy. And then she said, I don't want a teenage daddy. I want an old daddy. And I said, thank you, girl, for seeing me as so young. And so I just want to let you know, young Caleb is here to preach today. Teenage Caleb. Come on, somebody. Well, man, I tell you that for a purpose. You know, it's funny that as my daughter saw me as these two different types of daddies, the young daddy and the old daddy, the teenage daddy and the the gray daddy. And uh, it was funny because I was thinking just about how we see Jesus how we perceive him. And I think all of you in this room maybe have a different perception of who Jesus is. And when I ask you that question of who is he or who do you think he is, there's, there's all these different thoughts and emotions and feelings and presuppositions that maybe race through your head. I was thinking about the movie uh, Talladega Nights. Some of you have seen this. Uh, Will Ferrell who's known as Ricky Bobby. And there's a scene in this movie where they're praying at the dinner table. And as they're praying at the dinner table, they start talking about the Jesus that they pray to. And so Ricky Bobby says, I like to pray to little baby Jesus all wrapped up and snugly in his ghost manger. And that's who he prays to. And then the other character is talking. He says, well, I like to think about my Jesus as wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. Because he's, you know, he's, he's dressed up nice, but he's ready to party at the same time. And I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about my daughter, how she perceives me. And man, I think so many of us have come in here and we see Jesus in different ways. Maybe you've always only seen Jesus as just a baby. This baby born. And that's how we're celebrating him today, right? Jesus, come. Chrissy read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through seven that says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You see, I'm asking you this question today. Who do you think he is? Who is he to you? Because maybe you've never moved past Jesus in the manger. Maybe you've never moved past Jesus as just a great teacher or philosopher. C.S. Lewis, 
Uh, the writer, theologian, once said, you cannot say Jesus was a great teacher. He's either liar or Lord. It's one or the other. Because he made such bold claims that he cannot simply be just a good teacher, a good philosopher, a great storyteller. No, he's either Lord or he's liar. So I want to ask you, who is he to you? Who do you think he is? Here's what I believe, and I want you to take this away today. I want this to resonate in your spirit. Who you decide he is determines who he says are his. Let me say it again. Who you decide he is determines who he says are his. You see, the goal of our Savior is to seek and to save all those who are lost. God's love goes wide and far and deep and it's running after and chasing after every one of us. But we have to make a decision in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. We have to decide who is Jesus to us. Micah 5.2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old. You know, I love the story of Jesus because I think it's something that we can all relate to. The story of Jesus being a, a, a child that was born in a stable, a child born in a feeding trough for animals, a child born into lowly circumstances. While he was born in Bethlehem, he grew up in a town of Nazareth, a town of 100 people. You know, Jesus was from a tiny backwoods town. Some of you can maybe relate to this. The Christmas story is one of God coming from the most unlikely place. And I wanted you to hear this because some of you see yourselves as unlikely you see yourselves as someone that God couldn't use or God couldn't love. But I want to tell you, the story of Jesus is a story for us that says it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter the family that you came from. God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. And he does amazing things with the most unlikely people. And so if you're unlikely in this place, I would say you're in good company. And I would also tell you, God still wants you but who do you think he is this christmas story i believe is this idea that what you see is no match for what god says because so often we see through human eyes how many of you know we judge people based on what we see based on appearance based on first impressions. But God doesn't operate in that way. You see, while we judge based on what we see, God has a plan based on what he says. And he, what he says is that he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He has good intentions for you. You're not done yet. God can still use you. Your best days are still ahead of you. If you believe your best days are ahead of you, I want you to make some noise in this place. Because we didn't come here to be silent, church. 
We came here to celebrate the one that I'm asking you today, who he is. I love that God doesn't see our lives from where we are, but rather where we can be. And somebody needed to hear this today. You needed to let this soak into your heart, your spirit, your mind. Because maybe you're not where you want to be. You're not where you anticipated you would be at this point in your life. I want to tell you right now, God still has plans. And he's saying right now, there is a place you can be if you trust me. If you rely on me. If you put your faith in me. So who is he? As we look at this story as we look at this text that I read for you just a moment ago I think we have to dig into the very beginning of it where it says for to us a child is born to us a son is given who is he he's someone who's for all of us he's someone who's for everyone it says to us everybody say us look at your neighbor say you look at yourself and say me I don't know how you look at yourself, but it's possible. <laughs> what does the Christmas message tell us? It tells us that there's a Savior in Jesus who came for all of us. The worst of us and the best of us. On our best day and on our worst day. At our highest point and at our lowest point. Jesus came for us. He's for you. I don't know if you paid attention when you came in the building, if you've seen it before. We have a sign in the lobby. It says, for Sacramento. Why? Because we want to be a church that is for this city. We believe we're called to bring heaven to earth. Did you know that's your call? That you would be heaven bringers? That you would carry heaven with you? The Bible actually says, Jesus tells us how to pray. He says, on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? He's saying, I'm going to bring heaven to earth. As followers of Christ, that's what we do. Jesus brought, and Jesus was heaven brought to earth. The Savior, God, came into the form of a man. He came to earth. Why? Because he's for us. Just as this church will be for Sacramento, for those who are hurting, for those who are desperate, those who have been rejected, for those that others have written off. That's what we'll be for. And Jesus is for all. Who is he? He's for us. He's also our guide. It says he's our wonderful counselor. You guys know what this time of year is? It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's my best singing voice. I'm sorry. I hear about the wonderful counselor, and we talk about how this is a wonderful time of the year. And I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. My goodness. It's amazing seeing all of you. It's amazing feeling the festivities, and, 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 and I love what Christmas brings. I love listening to Christmas music. I've been going hard on the Christmas music. I was listening to some Justin Bieber Christmas yesterday. My goodness. <laughs> the kids requested it. I said, oh, if you ask, I'll do it. Okay. And... Uh, Man, it is a wonderful time of the year. But let me tell you, as wonderful as this time of the year is, I have a counselor in my Savior that is what truly wonderful is. He's not just an okay counselor. You ever been to therapy counseling? Don't raise your hand. 
Let me tell you something. I've been to therapy and counseling. I'm not ashamed, okay? I'm a pastor, but I got problems too. Come on, somebody. And uh, I've been to therapy. I've been to counseling. Let me tell you, I've been to some eh counselors. I'm like, I'm paying $200 an hour for this. My goodness, get me out of here. I've been to some bad counselors. But when you get a wonderful counselor, I'm like, I'll pay more. Get me in the room. I need to get healed. I need to get healthy. I need to get these toxic traits and thoughts out of my mind. Like, help me. Let me tell you something. The greatest counselor you have ever had, Jesus is better. He's more wonderful. He's more amazing. He's more involved. That's our guide, our wonderful counselor. Jesus came as a baby, but he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Why? Because he said there's one coming that will dwell within each and every one of you, will give you power, authority, guidance, comfort. That's what I'm talking about. You see, Jesus is the wonderful counselor because he sent his spirit in the Holy Spirit. We talk about that in this church, by the way. We talk about the Holy Spirit. I talk about the Holy Ghost to dwell within us, to help us, to guide us, to comfort us, to encourage us, and to give us power in this life. So who is he? He's our guide. He's our counselor. Who is he? We see here in Isaiah that he's our everlasting father. What is that? Let me tell you what I believe that is. Our everlasting father is our protector. You know, my my daughter, she still has bad dreams sometimes, scary dreams, and she still comes into our bedroom. She climbs into bed with us, and she says, Daddy, I had a scary dream. Let me tell you, when she has a scary dream, she comes to me. Daddy, I had a scary dream. And I, you think I'm annoyed with it? No way. I'm here for it. I'm like, yeah, girl, I got you. Why? Because I'm a father. I want to protect my daughter. I want to protect my baby girl. Now, my 10-year-old boy and my almost 9-year-old boy, they're not coming to me anymore. Why? They tough it out. But I want to tell you, if they came... I would be the same way, climb in bed with dad. I got you. I'm going to protect you. This is the safest place you can be. But I know that many of you in this room, you hear father and it's, it's a triggering word because you didn't have a father or your father hurt you, wasn't there for you, maybe abused you. But I want to tell you, he's an everlasting father, a father that always is, always was, and always will be. A father that's there for you, to protect you, to walk with you in your lowest point, and to celebrate you at your highest. That's the everlasting father that I'm talking about. Who is he? He's our protector. He's an everlasting father. And if the band would come back, who is he? He's the prince of peace. What does that mean? He's the one who brings peace to our chaos. How many of you know it's been a chaotic couple years? My goodness. It's been a chaotic couple years. And some of you have had more chaotic years than either, even what people around you have had. Some of you, what you've walked through these last couple years, you could write a book about. I think all of us could be famous authors after these last two years. We walked through some things. But let me tell you, in the midst of it all, when we were trying to finish a building. We were mid-construction on this building when COVID hit. 
You want to talk about chaos? You want to talk about fear? You want to talk about apprehension? In the middle of that, I have peace. Why? Because I was connected to the Prince of Peace. In the middle of some of the hardest moments in my life, I've always been connected to the Prince of Peace. And so in the midst of my chaos, my God, my Savior, my Jesus brought peace into the chaos of my life. That's who he is. So I want to ask you, who do you think he is? Who do you say that he is? I'm here to tell you today, he's a peace bringer. Jesus actually asked the question of his disciples. I don't know if you remember this story from the Gospels. But he's talking with the disciples. And he says, who do people say that I am? And they respond. They go, well, some people say Elijah reincarnated. Some people say Moses. Some people say John the Baptist. And he says, okay. But who do you say that I am? You see, the people, they got their opinions, don't they? The people in your lives, your coworkers, your friends, even your family members, people close to you, your neighbors, people you come across on the street, they got their opinions about who he is. He says, who do they say I am? And you can respond. You know what people in your life think about Jesus. But then he asks the disciples a question. He says, but, but who do you say that I am? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone else around you thinks. It doesn't matter that you grew up in a Christian home and and you've been a a Christian your whole life. No, no, no. That doesn't count. It doesn't matter if no one in your family believes that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. Jesus is asking the question of you. He says, who do you say that I am? And that's the question I'm asking you today. And Peter responds and he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you did not come about this on your own, but you came about with this answer from the Holy Spirit. And so today I am asking the Holy Spirit to move into the hearts of everyone listening to my voice right now. Because I do think there's someone in this room that is honestly going, I don't know if I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Maybe he was a lunatic. Maybe he is a liar. But I want you to know today that in this house, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to confirm in people's hearts today, right now, that he is Lord. He is Lord. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. Who do you say that he is? Who do you think he is? You see, in Genesis... He's the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he's salvation's choice. In Judges, he is lawgiver. In Ruth, he is kinsman redeemer. In 1 and 2 Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's sovereign. In Ezra, he's the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he's our morning song. In Proverbs, he's wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, he's the time and the season. In the Song of Solomon, 
he's lover's dream. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he's forever faithful. In Joel, he's the spirit's power. In Amos, the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, the promise of peace. In Nahum, he's our shield and our strength. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he's pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores the lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's our fountain. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God, man, Messiah. In the book of Acts, he is the fire from heaven. In Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, the power of love. In Galatians, he's freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he's our servant's heart. In Colossians, he's the Godhead Trinity. In Thessalonians, our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, Philemon, he's our mediator, our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he's the everlasting covenant. In James, the one who heals the sick. In 1st and 2nd Peter, he's our shepherd. In John and in Jude, he's the lover coming for his bride. And in the book of Revelation, he is king of kings. And he's Lord of lords, coming on the clouds with fire. Can we give him some praise in this place, church? I want everyone to close their eyes across this room. Here's what I believe. I believe there's someone in this place that's been wondering and asking the question, who do I say that he is? And today, I believe God wanted you to know that he is the Savior, the Father that came for you. He knows you by name, and he loved you so much that he went to a cross. He came as a baby, but he went to a cross and became the sacrifice for your sins and my sins and died the death we should have died so he and we, so we could receive the life that only he could give. So if you're in this place, you say, Caleb, I've been running from God. I've turned my back on God. I fought against believing in this Savior, Jesus, but today I'm ready. Today I'm ready to confess him as my king, confess him as my Lord, confess him as my God. If that's you, with heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to lift your hand right now. Go, put it up. If that's you, put it up. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, church, yes. Yes, give God some praise in this place. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I need you to change me from the inside out. I'm nothing without you. I ask you today to come into my life, to make me new. Today, I decide who you are in my life. And that's Lord. That's King. That's Savior. I love you, Jesus. And I surrender wholeheartedly to you. In your name, amen. Come on, give him one more shout of praise. In the- hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. 
We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.